drive. If you blacked out the windows here with the aircon on, would it make it cooler or hotter? Hotter. Hotter. Cooler. I don't know. I don't know. I think because it would attract the heat more. Yeah. Yeah. But it would also block it. No, no we're not. just theorizing. We're trying to record a podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, who cares? I don't know yeah. <laughs> I don't care enough to think of an answer Alrighty Welcome to Dead House I am Dylan I am Nathan And today we are catching up After you were about to have a nap And I just rocked up at your front door Because we both woke up hella early And I went back to sleep And I actually slept at like 9 for once Yeah, that's the difference You woke up early, went to sleep at and then woke up again at nine. I woke up early and then just went fishing at a beach. Yeah. <laughs> and caught no fish. And now it's nearly midday and we're both having coffee. Mm-hmm. My first Although, coffee. I was going to say, you're on, a, you're on a one coffee a day type deal at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying that out. I've started eating healthier as well. So, you know, I figure I'd cut back on the caffeine. I don't want to eliminate it completely. I'm not a <laughs> fool. But uh, we'll see how this goes. So far, so good. Nice. What has your week entailed, my friend? Uh, last night. I went to a little cinema in uh, in New Farm called Ooh, New Farm Cinema. You know, I gotta go back. Yeah, I I, I say sad to say though we still didn't go to Death Before Decaf. Okay, because it just so happens that every time we go it's like night time. Mm. It was like six p.m. Fair. Didn't want to be up till midnight. Yeah. Uh but I saw Poor Things. Oh, is that with the, the one wife. with uh, Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mark Ruffalo, who I actually didn't know was in it. Oh, okay. But Oddly, it might be my like favorite Mark Ruffalo performance. Okay, I'm not a big fan, but uh, neither am I, which is probably why I like it so much in this. <laughs> yeah, I'd be open to that movie. Uh, hmm. Is that an A24 film? I not sure. I don't. I've got no idea. Yeah, I don't sure. remember seeing an A24 like seeing like a uh, like opening credit, mm. but I could be wrong. It's very strange, like yeah. stylistically. Oh, I, okay. Like it. Yeah, it's shot very weird. Mm. It's kind of like a, like, it's set in, like, a past, like, but it's, like, science fantasy. Mm. So, it's, like, kind of futuristic technology for the past. Interesting. And it's got very much, like, yeah, Frankenstein-esque science fantasy qualities. Mm. Like, I don't, it's not giving anything away, but you see some creations that are, like, a duck with a dog's head. Oh, (laughs) okay. My pigeon uh, rat. (laughs) Yeah, literally exactly like that. That's cool. And, uh... I liked it. The only two things I'll say about the movie, because I don't want to spoil anything. Mm-hmm. I think not everyone would like this movie because it is very strange and off the wall. Yeah. Uh, and also a lot of nudity, a lot of sex. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Gear up. Gear up for that if, you, if you're if you so inclined. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have seen the trailer for it and still didn't really get much out of that to determine <laughs> what it's about. So I'm intrigued. I'm yeah. intrigued. And Give uh, it a go, I'd say. Yeah, all right. I will check that out. Uh, I caught a show. It was actually my first show of the year. I saw Melbourne band The Heartaches play uh, a farewell show, actually, in Brisbane. Uh, they're calling it a day, and I had never seen it before, so I'm glad I caught their last show. However, uh, I think that the venue is cursed because I saw <laughs> him play The Bright Side, and the dude broke two guitar strings throughout the set. Right. And then I saw Friends Band Shokan the next night, the same venue. Broke a string, the top string, halfway through a breakdown. Maybe they're just not good musicians. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> oh. I'm sure they're a million times better than me, but... I, mean, I do not support Nathan's comments, Jaden, if you're listening. <laughs> but please uh, check out Shokan if you like your heavy local music. They Wait, are where do they get that lights. name from? Has he told you? Because uh, Sheer Khan is like... Is that the tiger from fucking Jungle uh, Book? I or is it a Mortal Kombat thing? Yeah, there's like a race called Shao Khan in Mortal Kombat, but I think uh, John, one of the guitarists, just got it from like the Japanese word. He's a, oh, he's a big fan of like true. Japanese culture and he has like like neo-trad tattoos and stuff. Nice. So, yeah. But um, yeah, that was my week. And then uh, here we are on a weekend recording the pod and I don't have any plans and that's a beautiful thing. Nice. Well, you slept half the fucking day, so how could you have plans? <laughs> The one day I sleep in, you make me feel bad for it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, let's, I guess let's get into the movie. Let's get uh, into Before it. we do, though, mm. this is a, a, probably a disclaimer. Okay. Okay. The recent news and events surrounding airplanes has nothing to do with why we are doing Final <laughs> Destination. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's probably a good thing to point out. It didn't occur to me until today that like, oh, we're, do- we're talking about a movie that literally starts and is centered on a horrific plane crash. Mm. And then in like the last couple of weeks news... There was like, what, a plane where 
the fucking window blew out or a door oh, blew out. The Alaskan flight. Yeah. Yeah. And then since then. Oh, on my- the Tokyo crash, like on the runway where it like nose dove oh, and shit, exploded. I didn't know about that. Yeah. But since then, a lot of like flights have been grounded and they've, I think it's specifically Boeing have had a lot of like safety mm. like uh, inspections and stuff. And then since then, I think they've found a whole bunch of planes that are like not exactly Jesus. up to code, have a lot of loose bolts and such. Wow. I actually know someone that is uh, an engineer, like an aviation engineer. And she says like, even when they need to service a plane, it's like a three day event. Cause there's just so, you have to check like every single, like, like you said, nut and bolt and mm. screw and. Um, you have to like pressure test everything and it sounds like quite the ordeal, but for good reason, because you don't want this shit happening. <laughs> yeah. They, they say that, uh, what flying is safer than, you know, driving in a car, like air travel is the safest form of transmute, transmute, trans, well, I guess transit. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're probably very far away from nearby traffic. <laughs> I mean, there are midair collisions, but pretty rare yeah, to my yeah. knowledge. I feel like usually if it's a plane crash, it's like human error. Yeah. Final destination. Final destination. 2000, right? 2000, yeah. On the cusp of being what we consider a That's new horror it. film. Probably wouldn't have been made a year later mm. with the whole 9-11 stuff coming yeah, out. Yeah, I was wondering that. Um, I actually, when I was doing some notes and some research for this pod, I was doing some research as to other like plane crash, like disaster movies post-2001. Very few. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, it took like 10 years for them to like make one in America. Yeah, I think there's probably a couple that are like, Small plane crashes like Oh, snakes on a plane actually That was mid-2000s But well, the, the plane doesn't crash Yeah, it's not a plane <laughs> crash Or a terrorist incident Yeah, I think there might be A couple of, like Wilderness survival ones Where a small plane crashes Like there's mm. you know, I can't think of what it is But Like a Yellow Jackets type theme Where yeah, there's like yeah, A sporting yeah. team Like wasn't that I can't remember who it was Or where it was But that plane crash And the sporting team Had to like Resort to cannibalism Yeah Which Good for them Yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> Gotta survive Yeah, they lived Well <laughs> well, some, some <laughs> no, they probably only ate the dead ones, right? Uh, I haven't seen oh, it or know anything about the Christ, news. I hope they didn't hack a leg. I'll say, don't worry, Jim, you'll be dessert tomorrow. <laughs> like, well, you wouldn't go for the leg. There's, like, go for an ass cheek uh, or something. <laughs> that rump. Have you seen Fresh? No. Okay. Oh yes, we watched it. Oh, that's yeah, right, at the yeah. old place when we lived together. That's that a weird movie. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. off track. Off track. <laughs> Final destination. Uh, yeah, a two thousand films so on the cusp. Of uh, being what we deem a new movie, given this was 24 years ago, dear lord. <laughs> and uh, one from your top five back when we did that episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. I um, mean, still still in the top five. Still in it. I was going to yeah. ask that at the end, but yeah. yep, let's, yep, get that off the list now. Yes, yeah, so uh, it's definitely still up there. I, we, Alex and I, coincidentally, before we decided to do, the, to do this episode, rewatched like the first three of them a couple of months ago, like towards the end of last year. Yeah. And so originally I didn't want to watch it again for this episode. Mm. And so I was like, no, nah, I won't watch it again. And then you gave me the DVD back like yesterday or whenever it was. Right. No, like Thursday. And then I really wanted to watch it. And the, my fucking DVD player is broken now. Oh, no. Did <laughs> you just, get to watch it? Or no. It, oh, <laughs> so, and I was like kind of watching clips on YouTube and stuff. And I was like, damn it. Now I really do want to rewatch it. Yeah, shit. But I've, I've seen, it, seen it in the last couple of months. Mm. So yeah, still sick. somewhat fresh. Yeah, I like to rewatch, even as a movie that, you know, we've seen a dozen times. I like to rewatch it before the pod to just pick up little things I may have missed or, mm-hmm. you know, little references that I might pick up. Sure. Uh, let's go into a bit of background on this one. So, directed by James Wong. James Wong. And, uh, yeah, not one. Not one. <laughs> which I keep getting confused. Uh, and this was his debut feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did Final Destination 3. He, and yep. the martial arts film The One. Which I didn't realise that was him. Oh, with Jet Li. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It was kind of cool. And uh, I think an episode, he directed at least one of the X-Files and co-wrote a bunch of others. That makes sense with the whole uh, how this movie and script came to be. Mm. So Yeah, that's right. Because it was originally meant to be an X-Files episode, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it. It was something Reddick or... Oh, Jeffrey Reddick? Jeffrey Reddick. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, a writer on X-Files. Because I think they were writing partners for X-Files. Okay. Because he also co-wrote this one with Wong and Glenn Morgan. Uh, I th- The research I've done was that Reddick wrote it. It didn't get picked up for an X-Files episode, mm. and, but then he decided to adapt it into a full-length movie, which then New Line Cinema bought. Mm. And then they got James Wong and, uh, and Morgan in to rewrite it. Gotcha. I can definitely see it 
Uh, it's definitely got that like supernatural, not supernatural, but like superstitious kind of vibe to it. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen an episode of the X Files. So oh, I've, dude, I've, would, I don't even know what that's about. Like, would, it's about aliens, like it. but isn't it? Isn't the whole meme that like no aliens are in that show? Yeah, every every episode it turns out to not be aliens. Yeah, I think it's literally just the X Files film that they made in the two thousands that had an alien in it. Okay, uh, but that reminds me, I've also got to watch fucking Twilight Zone. Yeah, that. They've got the uh, like the newer, like the remake of it yeah. on one of the streaming services. I went past it the other day and almost started it. Oh, dude, I, I think it's got it's got uh, Jordan Peele like yeah. narrating it or directing, not directing. He's like the host. Yeah, the hosting. Yeah, it's like a remake of it, but and then it, every episode has like very recognizable actors in it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, The Simpsons like parody a lot of Twilight Zone episodes. So that actually is what like sparked my interest <laughs> in it. One of these days. And uh, Farm Destination is starring... Is it Devin Sawyer? Is that how you pronounce it? Sawa. Sawa. Okay, yeah. I wasn't did, sure. Did you, did you see a Y in his name? <laughs> no. There you go. Devin Sawa. Devin like the meat. And uh, <laughs> uh, weirdly enough, he was the, the human version of Casper, right? In the Casper live action film? I believe so, yeah. Weird. Yeah, strange. Weird. I think that was his... Uh, Debut acting role or yeah. feature acting role, um, and he was also in Idle Hands, which I've not seen, regrettably. Yeah, same. But I, but I did read that, that that's the movie and the role that landed him this job. Oh, like, okay. I I can't remember if he did audition for this or not. But when the when James Wong and that or whoever was casting mm. uh, saw Idle Hands, like like this is the performance that you know we want. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, also starring Ali Lada, who was in the Resident Evil series. And uh, was she? Yeah, she was Claire. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, I know she's in Varsity Blues. She did the famous oh, okay. like. It, it, the only reason I know of it is because not another teen movie parodies it. Okay, but the famous scene where like she walks out and she's got like whipped cream on her, <laughs> uh, private yeah genitalia. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's her. In oh, Var- in Varsity Blues. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I forgot this until I re- <laughs> I rewatched it. Tony Todd. Oh, I thought you were gonna say um. Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. <laughs> Just falling off a push bike repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> like 80% of his lines is Carter, you dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tony Candyman. What t- the hell? Tony Todd, who's an absolute standout performance in, yeah, in the In the one or two scenes that he has, mm. he's just golden. Yeah, he was born to play a mortician. Uh, even I think he was actually cast for his deep voice. That makes sense. Yeah. It's menacing as hell. Totally works. And I also love everything he says. Like, <laughs> everything... You don't even want to fuck with that Mac Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All his lines are so sardonic and perfect, and he just plays them brilliantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and weirdly enough, Alex and Clea, the two main characters, were originally to be portrayed by Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst, who obviously went on to be uh, Peter Parker and MJ in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. I, I mean, that would have been strange because. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure Tobey Maguire is a good actor. I've seen clips of of other movies he's done, mm. but I don't know if I've actually seen in full another movie with him in it. I've only yeah. seen him as Peter Parker Spider Man. Yeah, so I, I can't imagine him playing anyone else, especially I, not you know this guy. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I know he's in the Great Gatsby remake with Leo, and he's in like a war movie that I've seen. That's the one I've seen clips from. I can't remember what it was. Is it Fury? Maybe with Brad Pitt? No, 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 no. no. Anyway, he, he often gets criticised for his performance in the Spider-Man trilogy. Uh, and we love that because we grew up with that, but it's probably his worst like <laughs> cinema performance, <laughs> let's be real. Um, Final Destination was made on a budget of 23 mil mm-hmm. and went on to make 112.8. That's what so, they call successful. No wonder they made five of the fucking things. And uh, 10 million of that was made in its opening weekend. Okay, so almost half of its budget back which yeah i find quite interesting given like there's no standout actors really apart from tony todd who i don't think is even credited on the poster yeah i I doubt they would have like advertised the new movie with starring tony todd yeah and this was james wong's debut feature so they must have just pumped the trailer and gotten people keen for it i mean must have had like good word of mouth as well yeah yeah so that's kind of cool and it won the saturn award for best horror film and Sawa won Best Performance by a Younger Actor at the Saturn Awards as well. I, yeah, I buy that because, like, I think I've said it in the top five episode, like, his 
performance like during the freakout mm. in this movie is the best of the entire series. Drenched in sweat, drenched in and got yeah, shakes. Like clammy, and he yeah. just he sells it so well. I well, like, I mean, apart from the few moments you see him cry convincingly in the film as well, I I would argue that the freakout scene on the plane is probably the only like performance of his that I like, <laughs> or that I thought was like believable. Okay, but uh, yeah, look, I mean, for a kid, like he's pretty good. Uh, it had the working title Flight 180, which of course is the name of the flight that ends up uh, crashing. Referenced very heavily all throughout the movie. Like you see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I wondered if maybe that came from like 180 degrees being like the opposite of something. And it's like they turned it around by living instead of dying. I mean, I, I'd buy it if, yeah. if someone told me they, they decided that, I would believe it. I couldn't find anything in my research that confirmed it, but I just thought that was cool. And it was inspired by a film called Soul Survivor. 1984, where this woman survives a plane crash and then dead people from the crash essentially haunt her and try to kill her. Oh. So, yeah, pretty... Obviously, some tweaks were made. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, And the characters' last names were inspired by old horror directors. Yeah, I mean, every single one, right? Not not only directors, like some of them were actors. Oh, okay, yep. I remember, obviously, Billy Hitchcock, most notable one. Um, and then you had Todd, who was inspired by Todd Browning. Mm-hmm. And I think there was the Wagner family, who was inspired by George Wagner, who directed the OG Wolfman. Okay. It was kind of cool. Oh, the only other one I can think of is the FBI agent Shrek. <laughs> is actually the actor who played, I think, Nosferatu. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm. As soon as they said Agent Shrek, I fucking laughed. <laughs> I was I mean, like, th- I'm sorry. This was made pre-Shrek. I, like, <laughs> I know. It's just tainted now. Uh, let's talk about the premise, like the concept of Farm Destination, because it's pretty cool. It's it's uh, one certainly one of the most original like horror movie premises. I think mm. you cheat death because someone has a premonition, so you avoid dying, mm. and then slowly but surely, you die in horrific like Rube Goldbergian ways. Yeah, it's like you cheated death, sure, but now because of that, you're going to pay for it tenfold. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And what I particularly enjoy about this series in general is it's like horror without a villain. Because mm-hmm. while in the first three films, death is kind of this like supernatural force in the, in the form of like this black mass they see in reflections. And um, there's like these unexplainable things happening that help kind of facilitate the death, like the toilet water that kind of reaches toward yeah. Todd and then just recedes <laughs> back into the bowl when he's dead and stuff like that. Uh, it's just interesting where you've now got films like you know, truth or dare and smile where it's a similar kind of presence, but not something that's like tangible. Yeah. But I'd say like, because it, it, in terms of like seeing death in these movies, slash mm. this movie, it's really only that one sequence. Like there's the, the water receding mm. and you see the shadow like twice, but they abandon it for the rest of the movie and mm. you don't never see it again in any other franchises. So it is kind of just death being coincidental. Whereas those movies I feel like it has more of a presence because it like actively takes people over. Yeah, okay. Especially in the case of Smile. Like. I mean, in 2, which is my favourite instalment in this saga, and I believe Alex said her favourite horror in general. Yep, uh, certainly an incorrect statement, but continue <laughs> your thought. Uh, in the second one, at least, when the dude's on like the ventilator in the hospital, there's a scene mm-hmm. where like the door just suddenly slams shut, the air vents close, the trolley unplugs. Like uh, okay. I can't see that being yeah. completely natural. Yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons I don't like two as much as the rest because, yeah, it is kind of just, it happens. Mm. Whereas I like it more when there are believable reasons that things could go wrong. Well, that's kind of what like I in, think... Like my favorite sequence, I don't want to say favorite sequence, it's just the one that's coming to mind right now, yeah. is in number three we're in like the hardware store where yeah. something, you know, he he actively puts something on a shelf and then that knocks stuff and it's like a domino effect that then falls on a, a yeah. forklift. lift. Or yeah. like it's it's realistic things happening that then cause the series of events instead of mm. yeah shutters get flicked shut you know a breeze yeah. closes well actually a breeze closes the door is fine yeah yeah I I totally agree it's like that's what I think is the saving grace of four and five is that it almost there is seems... no saving grace of four <laughs> well I was gonna say what I think it is is that it seems to be like exclusively just these minor oversights mm. that you know, of human error that cause a chain reaction, like you said. Like, yep. that you never see, like, this black fog or something mysteriously moving on its own to cause a death. Yeah, I like which it. I prefer more. I, I do, yeah, I think I prefer it more where the killer death, as it were, is, like, 
a coincidental death entity instead mm. of like a vengeful entity that is manipulating stuff. Just hella bad luck. Yeah, it's the opposite of Domino in Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, and I really enjoy all the red herrings. Like each kill has like two bluffs before the actual thing. Mm -hmm. And ironically enough, what ends up, like you said, starting the domino effect is generally the smallest detail in the room. Like uh, the one that comes to mind is I think uh, in one of the more recent films, it was like a chick getting like laser eye surgery and mm -hmm. she's holding on a teddy bear and its eye pops off. And what like all these horrific things happen, but what actually kills her is like stepping on the glass eye yeah. with a high heel. Like little yeah. things like that. Yeah. I just or, think that's kind of like, cool. I think it's from the same movie where the dude's walking into that acupuncture joint. Oh, and yeah. like, I, th I think that movie specifically is the one that plays with the like it, the build up the most, like mm. the build up and fake outs the most. Yeah, because yeah, it's like the time when he walks in the room, he rubs the Buddha's belly, and that that's the only part of it you see. Yeah, and then it does all the you know acupuncture and the fire, and then yeah. the Buddha head falls. Well, the Buddha falls on his head. Oh yeah, like fucking decapitates yeah. him. Yeah, even like the gymnastics scene, dude, where you have like the screw, mm. and it's just standing on that just starts everything else. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. not a big fan of that. Yeah, I, okay. I like it more when because I don't I don't want it to come out of nowhere. Like I want it to be a series of events related to it. Gotcha. I don't gotcha. Know, I don't know how to properly describe that. Okay. No, I, I I think I can see what you're saying. Like you want the cause to be related to the situation or the character. Yeah. Like, would you say like in two, the dude that gets like the ladder in the eye because he like tips the spaghetti out the window, like it's his own fault. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I like that because. The later ones, it feels more like there's all this build-up and the build-up is for the audience and all that stuff happening. Yeah. And then the final kill, like, comes out of nowhere. Mm, it's mm. not because of all the stuff that happened. Yeah, fair. Well, that's what's kind of cool is about, like, all the double bluffs is the, it lets the audience relax mm. and then, like, the final thing happens and it's, like, some horrific gore <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. And I think that's what works really well um, with this saga. And... I also noticed, because I watched the first... I've seen them all, but I watched the first three in preparation for this episode. And electrocution seems to be a popular red herring throughout. Like, there's always water that's, like, making its oh, way to yeah. a character. And then there's, like, live wires somewhere. Which, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone actually ends up dying in all of the, any of the movies by electrocution. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. It's, it's, the, it's the most used red herring, but they haven't actually used it to kill anyone. Yeah. I, I guess, apart from this one... Where Alex kind of grabs it, but doesn't yeah, actually yeah, doesn't die. die. So. I mean, speaking of though, there was a... Like the original ending mm. was that he did die from that. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you can find clips of it on YouTube. But the original ending was he died to save Clear. And yeah. they actually... Yeah, he catches on fire after he like gets electrocuted and burns to death. Jesus. All and right. uh, it cuts to her giving birth. And it like... Because I think throughout the movie, there's scenes of hinting they do it. Mm. And then... She finds out she's pregnant, mm. and then the very end of the movie is she's had the baby, and then her and uh, Carter, yeah. like, are just like friends living, not not together, but like they're living. And yeah, like, yeah, we beat it because we brought new life into the world. Ah, uh, but then okay. apparently test audiences weren't a big fan of it. Yeah, like, okay. no, we want we want Carter to live. Oh, sorry, we want uh, Al Alex. His name Alex. Yeah, Alex. To yeah, live. is that kind of is that in the second one where there's like a pregnant woman? Yeah, I'm guessing they reuse the concept of like yeah, I was the say, way to beat it is bring new life in. Yeah, fair. So they kind of kept that same idea, but didn't have it as such a an awful ending. <laughs> yeah, although that that is like a concept that's used a lot throughout each of the movies. Is like they always try to find a way to beat it, mm. but at the end, like none of them ever find a way to beat it. Yeah, they always yeah. think they do. Because they find a, like a hack in the system. Yeah. But then every time they're proven wrong and they end up dying anyway. Yeah, that's particularly like a seed they plant in this first one is where they work out if you disturb the sequence, death can skip you. But in the end, it just like resets when Doubles it reaches back, the yeah. last person. Yeah, so it doesn't really work anyway. It just mm. delays the inevitable. Uh, and one more thing I guess I'll say about the premise as a whole is I really enjoy throughout the franchise you've got... Uh, just these uncomfortable situations that characters are in to begin with before you get the kill. So things like stuck in an elevator or getting dental work done, like all these kind of things that I think a lot of everyday people get the heebie-jeebies with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they definitely they definitely know what people are afraid of yeah. and then use that to make the people's fears even worse. One that got me 
I can't remember which one it is. It's one of the later ones. And she's got her head in a sunroof going through an automatic car wash. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, oh, those things freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that, just getting your face ripped off. Yeah, yeah, gnarly. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get back to the first one. So essentially it's this French class flying from New York to Paris, right? Mm-hmm. For like a 10-day excursion or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get on the plane and that's when Alex, the main guy, has this vision and... Uh, of, of the plane door ripping out and explosions and plane gets engulfed in flames and he freaks out and he jumps up and he's yelling, look, we've got to get off the plane. And then um, is it like uh, five other students and a teacher get off with him? I mean, I don't know the exact number, but... I, th- I think yeah. there's like seven, seven survivors. Well, there's him, Carter is getting in a fight with him so they get thrown off. Yeah. Carter's girlfriend gets thrown off. Billy just kind of gets caught getting yeah. thrown off. Alex... Oh. oh, sorry, not Alex. Fucking clear gets yeah. off of her own volition, and then Todd gets off because they're like best friends or whatever. Because they're right? friends, yeah. So I yeah. Think, so I want to say there's six that get off plus the Miss Luton. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, and I really like all the bad omens at the start before you even like get on the plane. Like in the opening sequence, I think it is. Alex is like packing for the trip, and his mum's like, "Oh, why do you still have that old?" Like bag tag on it for, and he's like, "Oh, it's my lucky charm or whatever." And then she rips it off. It's like, okay, well, that's obviously <laughs> a, a bad sign. Well, his logic for it was kind of stupid though, because yeah. he, he's set up to be this like superstitious person, mm. and his logic for that, I think, if unless I'm wrong, was just that's just from the previous trip. So it's only it's only worked one time, yeah. And the plane didn't go down. So his logic is, well, that means it's lucky. It means yeah. if that's on there, the plane won't go down. Mm. But that's what super, superstitious people do. Like, yeah. If it worked one time, it's going to work forever. It's also kind of confirmation bias yeah. as well. Uh, and then you get the like religious fanatic at the airport. He hands him a fly and he's like, oh, the end is coming or whatever. That's pretty on the nose. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of do that, I guess, throughout as well. Like when the, the character has a premonition, there's like some bystander that is just off. And I like that Alex and Todd are taking a shit together at the airport. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to be... Trapped in a plane for a few hours, take a shit there, and then some hot chick walks it up to you. Uh, and then for whatever reason, he's like, oh, that's weird. John Denver died in a plane crash. Like, mm-hmm. I wish he didn't say that. I wish it was just <laughs> subtle enough that the audience could figure that out. But who, I mean, who really knows that John Denver died in a plane crash? I'm sure there's a bunch of people who do. I was going to say, I thought it's But the pretty general renowned. audience surely isn't going to know that. Yeah, okay. Plus, fair. you know, 20 years from now, nobody's going to know that <laughs> yeah i guess if it was a more of like a niche film it would have you know who how popular is john denver really <laughs> not anymore but he was the man <laughs> okay if you're into that style did he do take me home country road yes okay well that's fine then yeah it's the only song of his life <laughs> um and you get a lot of like suspenseful shots as well of all these potential hazards like you get mm. all these close-ups on like things that aren't you know screwed in properly or uh in the wrong place and it's like a risk analyst's Worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like though that like it. They are kind of everyday things though that it's looking at, and so it's more just from his point of view because he's like anxious and freaking out. It's showing I just you spilled just my coffee all over coffee. myself. <laughs> what are you seven? See, final destination. I could sleep on this, or I could bed. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So, it, so one it's, second. I'm going to wipe this up. There you go. So it's playing on his uh, anxiety, and so every everything that he's looking at has that like weird camera angle and uneasiness because it's just his perception of it. Yes. (laughs) And in terms of like making things seem uneasy and, and weird to the viewer, I did read that whoever, I don't know if it was the director's choice or whoever was like director of photography or someone who, someone involved in making the movie Mm -hmm. decided to use like forced perspective and like conflicting colors to make the viewer seem uneasy. Okay. Or like not yeah, uneasy and like uncomfortable and just something looks wrong in that shot. Mm, interesting. It's like subtle enough that you can't put your finger on it, but it makes you yeah, feel it just, weird. It, something seems off about it. And so something that uh, I guess pointing out like the everyday things that stand out as potential hazards is I binge watched these first three films on a day off, had work the next day and every little fucking thing <laughs> I saw on the ground or that mm-hmm. looked looked off i was like oh man i'm gonna die <laughs> i mean you work in a pretty safe uh, work environment yeah so that's yeah fine. 
It's like any little bit of plastic on the ground. I was like, I'm putting that in the bin because someone's going to slip on that. They're going to break their neck on a shelf and then yeah. something's going to fall off that shelf and decapitate me. Yeah. I mean, I work in a place where half the day I drive a forklift, yeah. move stainless steel sheets around and cut things with a laser. Yes, you have much more potential for things yes. to go wrong. I hurt myself just on the regular, so I don't need to get fate and death involved. Yeah, yeah, fair. And I like that you get the interrogation scene where the not taking him seriously when he's saying like look i just had this weird feeling or i saw everything happen and that kind of becomes a recurring theme uh, three three <laughs> recurring theme throughout the saga uh the saga or just this one? Oh, i feel like it's in a few of them oh actually no in two the cop kind of like believes her and is on her side yeah but yeah i can't i can't think of any of the other movies where it's as heavily handed mm is a suspect like yeah the authorities involved oh yeah are, like a whodunit like oh we convinced you did it as yeah like, and I, part of me kind of wishes they like played with that a little bit more mm. and so maybe not have death be such an uh, overt existence yeah and so maybe it could be up in the viewer's mind of maybe it is the character that did it you know maybe they're just a little bit crazy gotcha yeah so like they kind of have it more so as a twist that it's yeah death. but i don't but i think that would be a different movie entirely yeah, that'd be hard to pace. I oh think. yeah, I don't know how you do it. Cause you, I mean, I've always liked the idea of like a horror movie where it's like a haunted house, and you get the typical haunted house stuff. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, it's revealed that like the main character is just going crazy and yeah. like doing the stuff himself. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I was going to say you do that as a movie. That'd be tricky in Final Destination if Alex was set up to have been the culprit, and then it's actually death with him being the main character. I think maybe yeah. if Clear was the main character and. They were like having a relationship or something. That'd be cool. Yeah. Because then she like would stop trusting him and whatnot. But mm. yeah, you're right. The whole sort of police interrogation and the distrust with the agents is definitely um, most prolific in the first mm. installment. And I kind of like that throughout the film as well, each time a character is killed, he's at the scene. So yeah. it like <laughs> doesn't really work in his favor in the slightest he, either. He doesn't make it any better for himself because like when miss luton dies he yeah okay he's there a bit coincidental mm. oh okay she's dead fucking picks up the <laughs> knife and then just throws it down and runs away yeah yeah like things like that are a bit overt for me because th- they, um, they never come back to that either no it's think. just yeah it's uh, like even billy like somehow serendipitously meets him outside and mm. he's like dude you grabbed the knife your fingerprints are all over the place <laughs> I think because he gets like feelings or he sees things throughout the film as well, like nowhere near as significant or intense as the original premonition, but they sort of let him know who's going to die next. So then he goes to their place just as it happens. So it's just wrong, yeah. well, right place, wrong time. <laughs> yeah, I do like that that aspect of it where he had the original premonition, but then throughout the movie he gets these clues or mm. of who might be next. And I guess speaking of suspects, I kind of like as well that Todd, who's um, like Alex's best friend and the first character to die, uh, you know, of the survivors, yeah. <laughs> they kind of set it up to look like suicide. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the uh, mortician kind of reveals that he was like struggling and there's like, the, yeah. he wouldn't have tried to pull the wire off if he, you know, wanted out that way. Which, I mean, that's a huge assumption on, on yeah. Tony Todd's part. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe you go to commit, Maybe you go to commit suicide and they're like, wait a minute, yeah. never mind. I changed my mind. Yeah. Not too late. That's pretty, pretty like graphic without too much blood really because like his eyes go like red blood and bloodshot shot and it's like, it's like cable. It's the kill in the entire series that is the most like visceral mm. because it seems the most real and it's not over the top graphic. It's yeah. like that, that could happen. I mean, yeah. the physics of how he falls and it wraps around is a little wonky. But, <laughs> you know, like that's a realistic scenario. And that's what I love about this first movie instead of like all the other movies is it's way more realistic. Mm. All the kills aren't, you know, things flying and out of nowhere and randomly combusting into flames. Mm. It's like realistic scenarios and the deaths are like practical. Yeah, there's no CGI really to be seen other than like the explosion. Uh, and talking as well about how they sort of end up in the morgue to look at the body and find out what happened. A few things I wasn't cool with in that scene. Like I very much enjoyed Tony Todd's appearance uh, and everything he says, but there's some like overt symbolism, like literally dropping from the ceiling into an open coffin. <laughs> that was kind of cool, but kind of on the nose. Uh, and. I thought it was a bit weird that when they go in there and find their friend who's just died on the slab, they don't seem too fussed. Yeah. It's only when... 
they Tony don't have Todd, any like, sort of the cannula or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. That Maybe they're just numb to it at that point. I mean, they have seen some horrific things by that point. Yeah, yeah, potentially in shock, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and you even get like more symbolism throughout the film, like when they have that memorial service at the school and everyone's kind of like afraid of him or uh, thinks he had something to do with it in, in one way or another. But Clear hands him a white rose, which widely regarded as like a symbol of innocence. Okay. I thought it was Take was your nice. word for it. I will say though, I've read some theories that Tony Todd's character is it is it Bloodworth? Is that what they yeah, call him? Yeah, Bloodworth. Uh, cool name. Yeah, yeah. For a mortician, absolutely. <laughs> um, they've theorized that he is like death personified. Yep. And I can kind of see that, but I don't believe it. Yeah. Well, I think the like the directors, producers, and Tony Todd have come out and said no. He's just like he has nothing overtly to do with it. They just more have it as an inclusion to be a creepy character. Yeah. Yeah. He's and just yeah, quirky. I, I prefer that. Hmm. But yeah, he's definitely like a presence throughout all of almost all of the movies. Yeah, if if they wanted to lean into that, it might have been interesting if they had a scene near the end of the film where, you know, they say, "Oh, but the mortician said this," and they're at the funeral parlor, and someone's like, "We don't have a mortician that works here." Well, okay, called but, that, but that would that wouldn't <laughs> that is so on the nose. Oh, yeah. that'd be ridiculous. Just these these ghost guys like giving him hints as to he was right what's there. Happen. Oh wait, no, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, and then the next kill is Terry, which was Carter's girlfriend, right? Yep. That's probably the most minimal, but my favourite in this film. I've heard that's a lot of people's favourite. and I guess It's it, so it's, sudden. I guess it's because there is no build-up other than the, the tiny, like, uh, pr- mini premonition he gets of seeing a bus in a window that's not there. Mm. But, yeah, it literally comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and it's just so quick as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Like we we're talking before, how there's you know the double blasts and the red herrings, but this had none. Just Alex gets a, a sign, and I think she even says like uh, she's like yelling at Carter for always mm. picking on Alex. She's like, "Oh, you can just drop, drop dead." Then <laughs> steps in front of the bus, and yeah. it's so quick, and it like blood splatters on the friends, and it's just a shot of them like in shock, and it's perfect. Yeah, well, I'm I did read that. Because it was such an effect and the, the test audience and stuff mm. were like reeling from it and like having like, oh, what the hell is going on? So confused. Mm. Like they added in that extra shot that happens directly afterwards where both Alex and uh, Clear are like making like Alka-Seltzer drinks. Oh. And they added in like a nice 40 second scene to uh, just let people breathe. Okay. I like that. I mean, that's just good pacing in a horror film. Mm. And that's also something that's done a bit throughout the film where there'll be like a clue in dialogue or in the mise-en-scene just before a character dies and it's like hinted at like i guess ones that come to mind is a similar thing is in i think four where there's like the nascar one at the start and they all escape and there's that one chick in the group that didn't believe him she's like am i losing my mind and then a tie like takes her head off (laughs) or even in two when the dude i was talking about before um he gets like the ladder in the eye and he Mm -hmm. throws the spaghetti out the window when he starts cooking, there's like letters on the fridge. It's like H E Y E. Yeah. And then as it heats up, the H drops off, so it just says I. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Like they're subtle, but I I love that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and the next death I think is the teacher, right? The computer explodes in mm-hmm. her face because she has like a cracked cup of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> also, the reaction at seeing the school logo and the mug. Yeah. It's like there was a spider on it. Yeah. I was like, I that's mean, a bit much. Just throws it into the open room. I mean, I guess that's to show that she just can't bear to be there anymore because of the memory. Yeah, well, I, I mean, they had to include it because they had to have a reason for why the mug would crack. Because yeah. it's not just a random crack. It's because it goes from having hot liquid in it to ice-cold liquid in mm. it. So the change mm. of temperature cracks it. Yeah. I do find it interesting that vodka can't freeze. Or it yeah. just has to be well, extremely yeah, it cold. Yeah, can. It's a very, very low freezing point. Yeah. <clears throat> Unfortunately, though, like vodka isn't flammable. Oh, okay. So we've got our first plot hole. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a liberty they've taken. Yeah. Suspend your disbelief to enjoy an elaborate kill. Yes. So, yeah, the computer explodes because she, like, sits the mug on top and it drips into there. I do like the internal shot, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they do that throughout the franchise, I think. They show, like, the internal components yeah. and where things go wrong. That's, that's interesting. And, yeah, again, it's like a chain reaction where that explodes. It shoots, like, monitor glass into her neck. Um, she like pulls a big piece out, drips blood on the floor. The vodka catches fire because she's like cooking something or it, it's near uh, a power outlet or something. A mm. fire starts. 
and she like slips on her own blood, right? And well, the fire starts. I th- I'm pretty sure because it the computer spark jumps to the vodka that oh. then ignites and then goes back to the vodka bottle, which explodes. Gotcha. Oh yeah, because it's spilt yeah. from the mug. It's yeah. got a trail. Gotcha. Yeah. So that starts the fire. Well, oh, sorry, that carries the fire. Slips in her own blood. Knocks like a fucking knife block over <laughs> like onto her. Well, it's um, not even that. It's it's the like previously, like you said before, like the one of the first things she does in the scene is put the tea towel, like throws it on the bench, mm. and it happens to land on the knife block. Oh, and so I it's might a nice little that. when she's laying on the ground, she's reaching up to get the tea towel oh. to try and save herself, and then just pulls the knives down onto herself. Perfect. Yeah, I must have missed that. And uh, I do like though when the knives are in there, and Alex sees the explosion comes in, the chair like falls <laughs> over and just hits it even further into yeah. her chest. And then, yeah, he fucking grabs it like a pleb. That was cool. That mm. was a nice, yeah, chain reaction. That's probably the first one, I guess, that's like most elaborate. Or probably the most elaborate one in this film. Yeah. I think. For sure. Yeah, so what's that? Teacher and, and two friends down. Mm-hmm. Um, next would be Carter, right? No, next no, to oh, die is Billy. Billy, because, yeah, yeah they do like a, a triple bluff there. Um, Carter's got them all in a car. Why are they all in the car? Are they driving... To like his place or something, or uh, they're just driving around, you know, cruising as teenagers do. Because, because that's a, another thing I should probably point out. They weren't really friends. Like when they got mm-hmm. off the plane, like Todd and Alex were friends. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like Carter got off, like you said, because they he started wanting to punch him for creating a disturbance, which I thought was a bit weird. Well, he's a bully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Billy just got caught up in a clear later reveals she had the same feeling but didn't voice it. Yep. Like Alex did. And then the teacher, just because she had to get off because yeah. she's liable, sure. <laughs> responsible for him. Um, so, yeah, it's important to note, I think, that they're not really friends. So, they're just kind of brought together by circumstance. Well, I'm pretty sure in, like, the original script as well, it, was, it wasn't it was like a high school friendship or anything. It was just a plane crash. Like oh, a, like okay. A plane tra- I'm pretty sure they, were, like, they didn't want to go, well, the man who wrote it, Mr. Reddick or whatever it was. Mm. Yeah, he just had a generic plane Gotcha. The crash. And then once New Line got involved, they're like, we want to kind of cash in on this whole teen phase. Let's get some teens in. Let's set it in high school. Mm. Interesting. So it was originally just strangers. I believe so. Yeah, cool. I mean, that would have worked too, I guess. Sure. Well, that's Uh, what it ended up being for like number two. They're all strangers. Yeah. Have you seen the film Crash? Not the... Not the one about like the people that get off on car accidents. I've not seen any movie called Crash. Okay. There's one that's... I can't remember. It's like... Early 2000s or 90s. It's got a huge cast. Uh, and I think it's got like Matt Dillon, Sandra Bullock, um, other people. <laughs> <laughs> huge it's, cast. It's, it's essentially this like car crash at the end, but in some way or another, all these like intertwining lives that they build up throughout the film are involved. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. Interesting. Anyway, they're in the car <laughs> and Carter's driving and he does like a Tyler Durden where he's like speeding in oncoming traffic and he's like, oh, if it's. Not my time to go, then we'll be safe, right? And mm-hmm. he, he's kind of right. He is correct. <laughs> yeah, like nothing happens. Um, it's like, I think it's in two where dude has like a fully loaded revolver. Yeah. Like pulls the trigger like six times and it was fully loaded and none of them worked. Yep. So yeah, that's a, another thing they kind of play on throughout. Uh, and essentially they stop on train tracks as the boom gates go down and there's a train coming and you're like, all right, fuck, here we go. And they all get out because it's a two door, right? But Billy's mm-hmm. like paralyzed with it's fear. Chevy Nova. Oh, nice. And they're like, Billy, get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they finally get out. And I really like that um, you get this kind of moment of relief where the seatbelt breaks. And Alex mm-hmm. is like, oh, I knew it was going to break. And he like lifts um, Carter out when mm-hmm. the others are already out. But then the train goes by, totals the car, and it like whips up some scrap metal, right? And just fucking decapitates poor Billy. All he's done so far is just fall off his bike and get hit by a carter. Like, I feel bad for Sean yeah. William Scott in this movie. I mean, it's it's an interesting role for him to take, like, directly after American Pie. But I like yeah. I like his, uh, like, against type casting. You know, mm. And I think a lot of people in this were cast against type. Yeah. But, but yeah, that decapitation, man, it's it's not a full decapitation. It's like a half decapitation. Yeah, you it's can like see his chin still. Below the nose, yeah. but above the neck. It's it's good. I like it. It's I brutal. Think- I think even when you see the head like rolling by, you mm-hmm. can just see like the top jaw. Yeah. And it's like, oh, gnarly. Yeah. And that's another one where it's like a, a double bluff because like you think, you know, Carter's like cheated death twice, mm. but no, it just skipped him. Yeah. I will say too, like that's got to be the goriest death in this one, right? Surely. 
Uh, Half a head getting decapitated. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. That's the goriest moment in the movie. Mm. Yeah, I would say that's the goriest. And then Terry getting hit by the bus is probably the most abrupt. Most shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Purely because there's no lead up. Yes. And I like that by this point, Alex has figured out there's a pattern and they're kind of dying in the order that they would have died based on like where they were seated on mm-hmm. the plane. Yep. And he kind of like looks at the layout of the Boeing and traces over it and writes their names and all this kind of thing. But because people keep, you know, saving others or, you know, that he like skips them and disturbs the pattern, he believes he's next. And then they show him like this boarded up house, eaten out of a can with like <laughs> thick gardening gloves on and... That was I liked that. That was yep. a nice sort of subtle comedy there. Uh, it's a bit weird though, where like I don't know, some the the there's a breeze, like a, an ominous breeze, and the door opens, and there's like a fishing rod or something that falls right, mm-hmm. or, or there's like knives on a shelf, and he quickly shuts it, but then this hook like nearly gets him, yep. and he's like tetanus, tetanus. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Speaking of when was the last time you got a tetanus shot? Ooh. Because I somebody asked me the other day and I'm like, I have no idea. I might yeah. be overdue. Years. It this is your years. This is your public reminder to go get a tetanus shot. That, is it meant to be like every five or ten years? Uh definitely something like that. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Oh no, it wouldn't have been the last time. I was gonna say, just before we started rolling, I was talking about how when I was a kid I like split between my toes <laughs> at a stick that was in the ground. Yeah. And I, I might have had a tetanus shot there, but surely I've had a Well, one we had since one then. in high school. I know oh, that, okay. I, it was like grade ten maybe, but that was what? Like 12 years ago now. So that was kind of cool. But then um, he realizes Claire is next, right? Because he saved Carter or something like oh, that. No, I don't, I don't fully understand because he realizes that because... I think it's because he didn't swap seats with the girls in real life oh, on yeah. his premonition. That's right. That actually is probably the most elaborate setup because there's like... Uh, there's well, Where's the water coming from? Oh, the pool. Pool mm. explodes in the backyard... There's like a live wire swinging around, so it uses the electrocution trope again. Um, and she's like in her car trying to get out of the garage, but somehow it's stuck. Well, because she re- tries to bust through the door because it won't open, and then like the yeah. track falls down and impales the windscreen. Oh, holds yeah. It down. That's right. And Alex rocks up and uh, can see what's going to happen. And that's when he sort of goes to sacrifice himself, and he, the cops rock up as well at the same time, which, mm. again, um, right place, wrong time. <laughs> yep. And he, like, grabs the live wire, like, fries himself and shoots backwards like the kid from Jurassic Park. And, <laughs> and um, it kind of, like, fades to black, right? With fades people. to white. <laughs> fades to white. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Seeing the light. Um, and they start on CPR or whatever. I could not remember the end scene when I rewatched <laughs> the first one. Right. Um, for this pod. And I was like, oh, okay, is that how it ends? Um, and then, obviously, no, like, you, as you said, there's, like, alternate endings as well as the one they actually have where he lives. Because uh, isn't like the actual ending, you don't actually see Alex die, but in two, there's like a news article where he was hit in the face with a falling brick. Yeah. Which is so like abstract. Yeah. But I mean, they're not going to get Devon Sauer back for a Final Destination sequel, yeah. are they? Yeah. So it looks like he dies. Uh, and then there's kind of this like flash forward. Is it like six months later or something? And they actually go to Paris? Yeah. It's like to honor the friends. I think, or... it, uh, yeah, it's either six months or like the one year anniversary. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, because the one year anniversary is what two revolves around. Oh, you are correct, sir. So, yeah, so it's six months later. Yeah, and it's like just Alex Clear and Carter yep. go there. And this is really cool because that's also like a recurring theme for the final sequence in, in these films mm-hmm. is like they think they've made it, they relax, they all go out somewhere to celebrate. And they're at this like um, Parisian uh, restaurant, yeah, cafe thing. And. It's just like all these like things start happening, right? Like something falls. There's like a dude unloading a truck and it's like hella unsafe. And um, yeah, he gets up, freaks out. He's like, oh, look, no, stay away from me. I'm going to go back to the apartment or whatever. And is it like a neon sign? Yeah, it's like the sign that falls down and starts swinging that says like 180 backwards. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's cool. Because um, he it like he freaks out, falls over, and then Carter is like standing up telling him to chill out or whatever. Well, Carter right? tackles him. So Carter saves him, which then skips him. Oh, because it was Carter. like a bus or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. And then that's when you just see the sign swinging towards Carter and it like cuts to black. Yeah, no, that is the... That That is nice. Do you like that ending? Uh, I... I the only thing I don't like about it is, like, it's hard to buy into and suspend your disbelief because, mm-hmm. like, it's been six months since any incident and then now that they go to Paris, uh, it waits until, like, that moment when he yeah. brings out the paper to then realise and talk about it. It's, like, very and serendipitous. It's not until, you know, they realise 
or he realizes that hold on maybe you know nobody saved me it, you know i'm still up mm. and then he dies yeah well, then okay he, then he you know targets him where i guess like the bulk of the film occurs over like a week or yeah. a couple of weeks or something yeah, yeah but okay, if you ignore that part you know it's fine yeah it's whatever yeah interesting it's um, not the weakest ending in the franchise. Yeah, it's like in 4 where I think it's the same thing. They're at like a cafe and the main dude's like, oh, what if we didn't actually cheat death? And then it's like Mack truck comes through the fucking restaurant and takes them all out. Is that is that 4? I think so. It wasn't in any of the three I watched in the oh, week yeah. of this pod. Yeah, I think so. Because I think 4 is also on with the the guy who killed someone and then... On a, I think that might be number oh, 5. Oh, that's, that's that 5. five yeah. Which... Which is interesting because five is revealed at the end, spoilers, yeah. to be like a prequel. Yeah. Which now that I mentioned that, that probably explains why that's the only other film in the franchise where the like police interrogation is a very prevalent because it took place before the first one. Yep, sure. And maybe after that, they're just like, oh yeah, this happens. <laughs> <laughs> People have premonitions and then <laughs> shit goes wrong and they get picked off in horrible ways. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Because yeah, that's the guy where he's like rocking up to kill him. Yeah, weird. All right, so they do try to like introduce new ways to change the pattern throughout yeah, well, the saga. That, that's but something I like throughout the saga. Like they each movie pretty much has like its own individual spin on, you know, how they decide who dies. Like mm. my favorite is the third one, like in that regard where they have the photos and they have to like try and decipher yeah, what that the was photos mean because it shows the cause of death as well, which is interesting. Yeah, because I guess like you said in the first one, Alex gets kind of. Uh, these signs where he'll get like a quick glimpse or a feeling that he has to like, uh, well, he, also, he knows who's next. He also has the seating plan. Oh, well, yeah, because he doesn't know who's next. He just knows, he gets a clue like a train or a bus, doesn't he? And he uses the seating plan to determine who that's going to be. Yeah. Whereas in the second one, the chick, like, they have to interpret clues together or she, she like sees through their perspective like ahead of time. Yeah, I think because I think oh, I'm, I might be getting the second one confused now, but I'm pretty sure in the second one, isn't it revealed that they die in the reverse order that they would have died yeah. in, the, in the crash? Yeah, yeah, which is cool. It's working backwards, and then yeah, three was cool where they that she doesn't get any future visions. It's just yeah, deducing what they can from photographs taken on the night, mm-hmm. and then four sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of technique, there's not a whole lot in this film. It's just kind of a really eerie, interesting premise and some mm-hmm. graphic ways to die. But I did notice some things like, again, it's quite overt, but whenever Alex gets a weird feeling or something weird happens, you get these like tight zooms on their faces with this ominous music that starts <laughs> out of nowhere and it serves the film. And considering it was the first in the franchise, and this was 2000. Like, I can see how that would be quite intuitive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and I particularly like that alarm clock dissolve where you've got, like, the the like 1 a.m. that, like, fades to the flickering 180 at the yep. airport. Mm-hmm. Very nice transition. That kind of... It was like a 2000s way to do what Ariasta did with the match cut in Midsummer when she goes from the bathroom to the plane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just not as, I guess, cool. <laughs> sure. Um, but that was interesting. And you mentioned earlier about uh, color. Mm-hmm. There's like jarring color schemes. One thing I noticed, like I said, I watched uh, the first three. And I think I even fit five in. I just didn't bother rewatching four. <laughs> uh, and all the main characters in all the films are wearing blue and pink. The guys are wearing blue. The girls are wearing at least something pink. That's very sexist. <laughs> it's very like traditional, you know, baby blue. Just, uh, and this is a boy, he wears blue. This is yeah. a girl, so she wears pink. Because I was trying to interpret oh, it fuck. while I was watching these films and I couldn't figure out what it meant, so I just wrote the note, <laughs> uh, blue and pink costuming throughout franchise. <laughs> That's wild. I, I don't know if there's any meaning there other than just that. Yeah, other than we're all, just consistency. It, it's associated with babies, so it's saying we're all babies. <laughs> yep. When it comes to death. Yep. In every... Life, there is death and vice versa. As above, so below. In Memento death, Mori. <laughs> in every death, there's life. Yeah. How does that work? Well, regrowth. How the hell is... What do you mean? What if I burn... What if I get cremated? What's going to grow from that? Well, a baby's going to be born somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> in it. Uh, uh, what was your favorite death? I'm going to say in the franchise. Let's Let's <sighs> broaden it out because there's... What five in yeah, this one? I was hoping you wouldn't ask because I I, wrote, I I thought you'd ask me that question, and mm. so I wrote down the first movie. Okay, and yep. then I wrote down the question for favorite death in franchise, 
and then had trouble thinking and then that's when I started to nap. <laughs> <laughs> Left it blank. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the first one, I think the overall setup and the and the circumstances surrounding the death is Todd's. Like, that's the yeah. one that stuck. I mean, it's the first proper one in the movie as well. It's the one that really stuck with me when I was a child. Mm watching this way too young and uh and so that one was my favorite in the movie although i do also want to like say the the decapitation one might be up there yeah okay nice uh if i had to pick one it's probably gonna be final destination 2 of course uh with the chick that gets in the car accident and the pipe goes through the rear window because it's so delayed and Mm -hmm. like it not only is do you have the red herrings that lead up to that but then the time between when the audience relaxes and then the guys arrive with the jaws of life. Yeah. And then they like ram it into the car and the airbag goes off and pushes her head into the jagged pipe. It's just beautiful. Yep. Another one I want to mention actually is in number five mm. when one of the dudes like falls from a height mm. and it, the, the camera focuses on like a spike underneath him. And then it's he stops just above the spike, and so there's like moment of relief of like, oh, it's all good, he survived. Oh. And then it goes up to show that he stopped because the hook went through his face and yeah, he's dead. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a construction mm. site or something, and yeah, it looks like he's been saved, and it yeah tilts up. Yeah, the only thing I don't like about that is it's like it, it doesn't it looks too fake CGI wise. Yeah, well, that's another reason why I like this pipe kill is the makeup's brilliant, like yeah. just the jagged piece coming out of her forehead. Yeah, it's just hella bad luck and just delayed onset death. Yeah. You know, I just wish there was a way to ask the the listeners what their favourite deaths were. Oh, it's funny you say <laughs> this, Nathan. We posted in the Deadheads Facebook group, which you are welcome to join if you want to join the elite listeners and answer our questions, get involved with the pods. Uh, what is the coolest death they've seen in a horror movie? So we didn't even narrow it down to this franchise. Yep. But funnily enough, Farm Destination did come up. So. My mum commented, hands down, the plate glass window scene from Final Destination 2. Yep. When the kids chasing the... I nearly said penguins. <laughs> when the kids chasing the pigeons and the pane of glass squashes him. And it's you almost see that in slow-mo as yeah. well. That's Also, the fact that it's a kid too. Like yeah. That's, I mean, it, ambiguously aged kid. I don't know how old he's meant to be. Yeah, I'd say he's like 14. Yeah, but he's treated like a 10-year-old. I know. Anyway. I know. Uh, that, is a, that is a cool kill. That is a very cool kill. Uh, Jaden, who I shout out at the start of this pod, uh, he said, not a proper horror and not necessarily my favourite, but the death that always sticks out of me is David's death in Shaun of the Dead. Get oh, fucked, when he four get, eyes. <laughs> when he gets like his guts ripped open and they start pulling out his insides. Yeah. I always, I always love that. Yeah, man. He said it's so unexpected and super gruesome, but the practical guts look amazing. Hell and yeah. we agree. Nice. What a movie. Uh, Mikey? said the death of Barry Convex in Videodrome. I, okay, so I've not seen that movie. Okay. It's, it's David Cronenberg. It is. I have barely heard about it. Mm. I, I went up online and looked on YouTube just oh, for you a clip of clip? that death. I think it's that death. I don't know what the, fucking, is, what the fuck that movie is. Is it after he gets shot and he's like on the ground, like bubbling up and okay, shit coming no. out of so every I'm, orifice? I guess I watched a different death. Okay. Maybe, I don't know. I just saw a death on that. Yeah. And... It really made me want to watch that movie. Yeah, dude. It's good. Um, Somehow a dude's hand get, gets mutilated and turned into a hand grenade and then he explodes. Yeah, there's like a scene where a dude's stomach opens up. That's the scene oh, I'm talking oh, about. Oh, that's the video you watched? Yeah. yeah it's, it's good. And anyway. I, I agree with Mikey's comment there. Uh, Pace said, this is tough. Not to blab off like 40, but the opening, the ghost ship was absolutely A+. Oh, that's cool. I've not seen Ghost Ship. Do you know what that death yeah, is? Yeah, it's, it's like, because it's set on a ship, obviously, and right. I'm pretty sure it's the one where, like, some steel cables get loose, and so the steel cable just, like, cuts people in half. Ooh, okay. Cool. Mm. Uh, he went on to say, almost all of the deaths in A Nightmare on Elm Street see yep. Dream Induced Suicide <laughs> via Nerve Marionette Puppet. <laughs> Uh, this man knows what's up. And then he goes, actually, Dream Warriors in general. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Which we totally agree. And yeah, funnily enough, he ended saying, uh, Final Destination feels like a cheat, but basically that whole series deserves <laughs> a special mention. Gun to my head, though, I have to go with the liquid nitrogen scene from Jason X. Oh, beautiful. Dude, I forgot about that. <laughs> Jaden, our friend, uh, not the one I mentioned before, but our friend from school and I, uh, we often reference this in conversation. <laughs> Just... Submerges a chick's face in liquid nitrogen, smashes it on a countertop. I don't it's care if, like, 
I don't care if that is possible in real life. It is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's gnarly. Uh, and then Dave, the man, said about the only positive from the Final Destination, the 3D <laughs> one, <laughs> is Hunt dying after being, and I quote, disemboweled by a pool drain. That was sick. See, we think that is dreadful and totally unbelievable, but as far as horrific deaths go, that is up there. Yeah. If I completely separate that movie from this franchise, mm. then I like it. Yeah. Just because it's so silly and not serious. Very far-fetched. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some very cool answers there. And something that we were sort of spitballing a little while back was what kind of event could we think of that could kickstart a Final Destination in- installment? Mm-hmm. And I think, from memory, you said a music festival? Yeah, yeah. Either a music festival or like a, like a club scene. Because mm. that. I think music festival might work better because then you have like a large amount of people so you can have a lot of people dying. It's something that obviously hasn't been done before. Mm. Uh, Yeah, you you could play with electrocution stuff. If things falling, tramplings are always good. Yeah, yeah. Look, there's a lot you could do. Even like if it was, you know, a music festival like outside, you could have like a bright sunny day. Mm. Like there's upbeat music, everyone laughing, getting drunk. Like you could really set the scene on a positive note and then have it go horribly wrong. Yeah, you could, you know, put some crazy people in there and then just put it up to the drugs. Yeah. And that'd be a good like after they freak out, people can just be like, well, he's clearly on drugs. Yeah. Let's not take him seriously. Yeah, dude. I I think we got to write that. (laughs) We've got to write that uh, concept. I just want to add another of my favorite deaths because that was in the in the final destination. I also thought of my favorite death in any movie, like oh. in any death scene. Okay, it's uh, Indiana Jones with the face <laughs> melting. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. Yeah, not, not at all a horror Please movie. Please continue. But in the first Indiana Jones, when the, they open up the fucking Ark of the Covenant and then just their fucking <sighs> faces melt off their goddamn heads. I don't remember that. I've God. totally seen Rewatch it, but it, I don't brother. remember that. It's good. I remember in one of the worst sequels there's like a dude that gets carried away by like an army of ants yeah let's not talk about that all right (laughs) let's leave that alone uh yeah that would be pretty gnarly i mean i don't know we just talked about that one in the blob that was pretty intense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if i had to pick one like off the top of my head uh you know what day of the dead which is, I think, the third installment in mm-hmm. that franchise. It's actually kind of similar to Jaden's comment in Shaun of the Dead, funnily mm-hmm. enough, uh, where there's a dude that opens up uh, elevator doors and mm-hmm. it's full of zombies, turns around and he gets shot by a smart zombie in the head and then he like falls back into these groping arms and they just like dig into his insides, pull out his gizzards. They separate like the torso from mm-hmm. his waist. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly practical effects. Nice. And it happened to a very... Deserving character. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> yeah. If I had to pick one off the top of my head, that's probably up there. Nice. Um, I guess to round this out, I wanted to, to get deep with you. Have you ever had a near-death experience? Uh, I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. When I was born. Am I... Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, am I aware of this? <laughs> that's the only one. I mean, yeah. You, you may not remember it, but that would have yes. been pretty traumatizing. I was born with my umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. Yeah. I think, and I wasn't breathing or something like that. Mm. And so they kind of very quickly pushed a button on the wall, which set off some alarms, and they came and made sure I was living. Wow. Is that essentially how you ended up living here? No, that was a whole separate issue with my the bone. My skull was kind of fusing too quickly in some points. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like, because you know how babies have a soft spot? Yeah. Yeah, I think mine, like, it fused weirdly, and so the soft spot was different and there was a flat spot on my head wow and they okay. were, at one stage they were worried that my brain would grow too big <laughs> not to toot my own horn but the brain would too, grow too big and then push against the skull yeah and so they yeah. were like they were like oh we might have to get a specialist like crack his skull open you know rebuild wow. it from scratch with some screws in there jesus frankenstein yeah and so, so that that's that's why we, i'm pretty sure that's why we moved to brisbane to be closer to the specialists yeah but, <laughs> Wow. She was right. So what I'm hearing is you stressed your parents the fuck out when baby oh, Nathan was absolutely, yeah. Good Lord. I don't really have one. Uh, the closest I've come really would, which, you know, is sort of arbitrary, but I nearly slept through a house fire when I was younger. <laughs> um, I was in a bunk bed and portable DVD player was charging on the carpet. I know. Dumb error on my part. And it exploded. I, mean, I sleep 
and I shouldn't, but I sleep with my phone charging on like next to my head. Oh, like, yeah. In the bed. Me too. <laughs> oh, in the bed. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> but anyway, bad. continue. Oh, no, that was it. It was just portable DVD player exploded, caught fire uh, in the middle of my room, and I woke up to uh, my dad beating it out with a towel and my mum carrying me to safety. <laughs> Damn. All right. Yeah. So, so you almost killed your parents. Gotcha. Went, went to the hospital to test for like smoke inhalation, but I was Sorry. fine. So yeah, that's probably the closest I've come. I'm not a very adventurous fellow, so I haven't had many close calls. Nice. Feel yeah. free for the listeners to, uh, if they have any near-death experiences, like they can either post it on the Deadheads or even send us an email yeah. at deadhousepod at hotmail.com. And if you did, watch out because you're on death's list. That's, that's it. <laughs> you I've, can't cheat death. I've been on death's list ever since I was born. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's the end of this episode, though. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I don't have any good shots from this movie to hang up on the wall. It's uh, yeah. not exactly a beautiful movie. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not, not that not, technical. It's not very artistic. I tell you mm. what, though, poor things. A lot of, lot of shots in that. Lots of good, beautiful shots in that. Yeah, i got to find out who directed it. Do you know? Uh, I <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Yorgos oh. something or other. Okay. Yorgos Lana- Langathon. Or something. Can't, can't say I Yeah, it's a foreign, foreign fella. Cool. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening to our episode of uh, Final Destination. You can catch any future episodes uh, on any streaming platform pretty much at 5 p.m. every Friday. And uh, in the meantime, social media is Deadhouse or Deadhouse Pod. Mm-hmm. And I said the email before. So we'll be right back. <laughs>